the dead walk among us. Zombies, ghouls, no matter what you call them, are the greatest threat to humanity, other than humanity itself. To call them predators and us prey would be inaccurate. They are a plague, and the human race, us, their host. The lucky victims are devoured, their bones scraped clean, their flesh consumed. Those not so fortunate join the ranks of the carnivorous plague. The science of ending life cannot protect us from an enemy that has no life to end. Does this mean the living dead are invincible? No. Can these creatures be stopped? Yes. Survival is the key word to remember. Not victory, not conquest, just survival. But surviving isn't going to be easy. To get through it, you're going to need to be smart, fast, and willing to fight. Keeping you cool when the zombie outbreak first begins is crucial to surviving the apocalypse. This is the first challenge you're going to have to face. But don't worry, we're getting you ready. He's talking and I'm not and I'm just... <sighs> <laughs> And then I'm talking. <laughs> no, but wait, wait! I have something for him. Boom! You get shot down. Now you're just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids. The Weird History and Eerie Tales podcast. Concentrate on the dude. Shit's looking good. Wow. <laughs> FY, there's nothing wrong. Fucking all <laughs> that. BFC. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Weird History Eerie Tales podcast. I am your host, Moses Sorian. With me to my left is my brother, Josh. Yep. Fitting directly in front of me is Achi. Finally, actually, I guess I'll say hello, because every time I, I do my intro, it's always just some random shit. And today, we're going to be talking about surviving a zombie apocalypse. I've, Brains. I kind of been wanting to do this episode for a long ass time. Brains. Even in the first podcast that I had, the previous one, the Keepers of the Filth one. That was a fun one. The quiz one that you guys had of the, of the zombies, that yeah. was a real I fucking awesome hated one. that one. Oh, oh yeah, you were in yeah, you were in it. You fucking lost. <laughs> I fucking lost. You better fuck. <laughs> yeah, hey, Loki, your Shut answers. Up. I was like, you know Shut what? Up. I agree with Josh. I was agreeing with you. I was wrong a lot of times. Oh, oh then, keep going, bro. Keep going. Then, oh man, you keep going, bro. That you would have been taken out. What do you mean? That you wouldn't have survived. But you know, on this episode, we're gonna be. So it looks like it's gonna be a three or two parter. It's most likely gonna be a three parter. Yeah. We're gonna talk about how to survive a zombie so apocalypse. Excited for zombies. Oof, and, got a good one. And on this episode, we're gonna talk about how to spot a zombie, what kind of diseases you should be looking out for, uh, the outbreaks, detections, and I'm gonna end the episode talking about a more than likely scenario that scared the shit out of me when I was reading this article. It has to do with the permafrost. That's sc- that's scary as shit. That's, that's scary. <laughs> I like the silence between you, Josh. <laughs> we all, we all, we all just looked at each other. We all just looked at each other. It was it was a dramatic pause. Everyone. I was like, uh, "Nani?" We're building intensity here. Okay, so let's just start it off, and I wanted to talk about the outbreak. When dealing with an outbreak, you know the size of the outbreak is an indication on the kind of response that's going to be needed. In Max Brooks' The Zombie Apocalypse Guide. Max breaks up the outbreaks into four classes, and that's gonna be so. We're, so for this episode, and for may, most likely the rest of this series, we're gonna be we're gonna be using Max Brooks's The Zombie Survival Guide, and as you know, as our source, Achi has. I have a quick guide, a deck, basically a, a brief kind of overview of the book, and it's pretty cool because it. And you know, whenever you're on an outbreak, trying to find some quick things, 
You got the deck right here. And it has pictures, which is cool. <laughs> what does this mean? Pictures. And I'm using Charlie Ogden's Surviving a Zombie Apocalypse book as well. So, in Max Brooks's The Zombie Apocalypse Guide, like I said, he breaks up the outbreaks into four classes. The first one is a class one, which is a low-level outbreak. Usually, in a third-world country, you know, where the horde of zombies is maybe no bigger than 30 bodies, and the casualties are usually in the low numbers. The infested area will be small, usually within a 20-mile radius. Then there's the class 2. Usually in an urban or a densely populated area. Total undead will range between 2 and 100 total. And the human casualties may reach the several hundred. Then there's class 3. For this one, run for the hills. The undead will number in the thousands, encompassing an area of several hundred miles. The duration could last a couple of months. A full-blown battle with law enforcement replaced by units of regular military will most likely happen. A state of emergency will be declared for the infested zone as well as the neighboring areas. You should expect martial law, restricted travel, ration supplies, federalized services, and strictly monitored communication. The initial phase will be you know, one of chaos as those in power come to grips with the crisis. Riots, looting, and widespread panic will add to their difficulties, further delaying an effective response. Then there's the class four. And if you're stuck in a class four, we're fucked. Find yourself a Michonne. Because welcome like, to the what? fucking Walking Dead. Welcome to the Yeah, so right now. Now, so now we, so you, so now you kind of know what kind of shit you're gonna be dealing with. So those are the four classes. Figure out, you know, what kind of class you're dealing with. If if some shit cracks around your area, now let's talk about the detection. Every outbreak, no matter the size, has a beginning. Mm. Now that the enemy has been defined, the next step is early warning. Looking for signs that would slip by the untrained eye, like homicides. Homicides in which the victims were executed by headshots or decapitation. As happened many times, people recognize an outbreak for what it is and try to take matters into their own hands. Almost always, these people are declared murderers by the local authorities and persecuted as such. Look for missing persons reports, particularly in wilderness or uninhabited areas. And pay, care, and pay careful attention if one or more of the search members end up missing. If the story is televised or photographed, watch to see the level of armament the search party carries. Any more than one rifle per group can mean that this is more than just your run-of-the-mill rescue operation. Number three, cases of violent insanity. Cases in which the subject attacked friends or family without the use of weapons. Find out if the attacker tried to bite his victims. If so... Or any of the victims still in the hospital. Try to discover if any of these victims mysteriously die within the days of their bite. Also look for riots or other civil disturbances. Disturbances that began without provocation or other logical causes are key. Common sense will dictate that violence on any group level does not simply occur without a catalyst such as racial tension, political actions, or legal decisions. Even so-called mass hysteria can always be traced to root sources if none can be found. 
keep your fucking eyes peeled. If you can't find out what the fuck's going on or what caused these riots or the civil disturbances, just keep paying a little closer attention. Disease-based deaths is another one. Any deaths in which either the cause is undetermined or seems highly suspect. Deaths from infections, diseases, are rare in today's modern world compared to just a couple hundred years ago. For this reason, new outbreaks always make the news. Look for those cases in which the exact nature of the disease is unexplained. Also, be on the alert for suspicious explanations such as West Nile virus or the mad cow disease. These are usually cop-outs, according to Max Brooks. Then the last one you should be looking out for is a media blackout. Any of the above in which media coverage was forbidden. A total press blackout is rare in the U.S. The occurrence of one should be regarded as an immediate red flag. Of course, you know, there may be many reasons other than the attack of the living dead. Then again, any event causing a government as media conscious as our own to clamp down merits close attention. The truth, no matter what it is, cannot be good. Mo's already talked about six signs of possible outbreaks that will give you an idea that, you know what, something's, something seems fleshy here. <clears throat> Zombies. Yeah, so just keep your eyes fucking peeled. Stay on Twitter. Get off Facebook. Yeah, because, I mean, if media's going to be like, uh, you know what, let's not broadcast this because or else massive hero's going to be going on around. Second best bet is definitely going to be social media. People are going to be talking regardless of what. Like, for example... The whole the whole thing with Hawaii, remember when the, they said that there was a some bombing oh, the, or something? Oh, the missile crash. Yeah, no, not even the SpaceX thing. Remember how every, it was on Twitter and it was all over Instagram? People were like, "What the fuck? It's aliens! It's aliens!" Uh-huh. And it was like, "No, it's the SpaceX launch. Like you could see it live on like you could go to the website. You could see it live. Like they yeah. announced it. Like they've been announcing it for like a week and a half." Yeah. No, people, but like how how on Twitter and stuff. Oh, it saying, just blew up. Well, no, with with the the whole thing in Hawaii. How they let everyone in, like, hey, you know, this this, this is fake. Like, this, they, they fucked up. Before, you know, there was an official answer yeah. saying, hey, yeah, we did fuck up. We pressed the wrong button. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the, the I guess, the most fishy things to BH. Yeah. So, now that you found out that, you know, the city is going to the outbreak now, how do you identify zombies? Fuckers. You open your eyes. Oh, shit, there's a zombie. Well, have no fear because, again, <laughs> the great Max Brooks is here. So here are some attributes of zombies, according to Max Brooks. He breaks it down to us in identifying physical characteristics and behavioral characteristics. So let's start off with what's a little bit more obvious, which are the characteristics that we can see. So besides the obvious look of, you know, the undead, limping and moaning and search for their next meal, they also gain some more attributes. Although their vision is, is similar to um, humans, it's their sense of hearing that makes it easier for them to spot their next prey. Not only that, they can they can hear very long distances and determine where the direction is coming from. Their sense of smell is is also extraordinary. Above all, smelling living prey. That's crazy how like in every movie, like the second someone becomes a zombie, they have these super senses. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I'm saying this on record. If there is a zombie apocalypse. And we're not talking about the Romero zombies. We're talking about the 28 Days Later zombies. Oh, I'm talking about the Romero zombies. But if you're talking about 28 Days Later. If, if we're talking about 28 Days Later, you guys are on your own. 
I'm taking myself out hour one. I, I've said this plenty of times to pl- all you guys. There's a zombie. If I hear about a running zombie in Australia, I'm taking myself out. Hour one. My fat ass ain't going to be able to There's outrun Australia. anything. It's just a matter of time before it gets to the States. Hit the treadmill. <laughs> Fucking egg. Fuck fucking. You know what? I'm taking you out. Gee. <laughs> fucking egg. Well, it's like glad to. Take He's me. on my shit list now, bro. But now, what makes these <laughs> zombies more dangerous than anything is their inability to feel any pain. They literally have no physical sensation at all. So if you freaking. No pain receptors. Oh my gosh. No pain, no nothing, bro. Now, for some of the lesser obvious characteristics. You know, you know, in case you're facing a brand new, new zombie who just turned, as far as emotions, these zombies don't feel shit. Whoever that person was before they turned, sorry to burst your bubble, but those people are long gone. It's not really known if zombies have some sort of, you know, zombie language, especially since zombies are the most notorious for the occasional moan and groan, but they still have their vocal cords, however, they are still in a, they have no ability to speak because of their lack of brain function and like the george a romero zombie they usually travel in herds with no regard to territory no concept to quote unquote home and they also have no chain of command no sense of hierarchy and they're sort of like the nomads of the undead they go wherever the next food the next meal is so let's just say we're here at the studio you know, doing our typical podcast and a fucking zombie pops out of fucking nowhere and bites Josh's arm. What? Moses Why and I. Then, Could you close the door, technically? That's true. Both she, doors. Uh, yeah. So you got one right here. He's next to the window. A barred window. Two doors. That's not barred. Yeah. But he got locks, though. Anyways, <laughs> we, Moses and I jump okay. into action. Start kicking the shit. <laughs> <laughs> we grab the axe that's on the table. We grab the arm blade that's also on the table, and we beat the shit out of the zombie. We managed to kill the zombie, but Josh is still injured by the bite. Oh wait, you're taking out the zombie? I'm going after my. Bro- if he gets bit, I'm taking his ass out. Hold, 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 hold. What the? Fuck? We give him a shot, okay? We clean yeah, him in up. the head, in the head. <laughs> we give him a <laughs> shot in the head. Man, we man. clean him up. We give him first aid, but you know what? Why are we you know, guys playing this? I ain't wasting. Funny, I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't wasting we no know, first aid kit on him. We know See, this the shit I deal with people. Fucking. We we know that our homie Josh is GG basically. Uh, I'm not but GG, instead of killing Josh, you know, I'm you burn him. I'm be true. You burn him. I'm be true, homie. I'm I'm gonna make sure that you know. We we let him live his final hours. Now fuck that! This thing's Sean of the Dead. I ain't keeping you locked but, chained up. But how long do we wait? Again, don't worry, because Max Brooks has the answers. He breaks it down to us, giving us an hourly estimate how long it takes for Josh to become Zombie Josh. Hour one, he feels pain. His skin is discolored, turning brown and purple in the infected area, and immediate clotting happens of the wound. Hour five, you get a fever. About 99 to 103 degrees Fahrenheit, you get chills, you get slight dementia, you vomiting, you acute pain in the joints. Hour eight, your numbing of your extremities in the in the infected area, your fever increases from 103 to 106, increased dementia, and you lose your muscular coordination. Dude, that sounds horrible. If I get bitten, take me out. Hour like two, we're not done yet. Hour eleven, paralysis of the lower body. Overall numbness and my slowed dick. heart rate. Hour 16. Oh, my gosh. Coma. Hour 20. Heart stoppage. Zero brain activity. And, of course, hour 23. 
reanimation, we basically have zombie chest. So it, t- so it takes about a, so it takes about a whole day. It takes about a whole day. Brains. Now if you're it'll probably only take me five minutes to take them out. <laughs> now if you're probably thinking, you know, wait, listeners, wait, but Josh got bit in the arm. What if you know you amputate his arm? And you call it a day. Can't stop the spread of the infected area. Well, yes and no. Brooks believes that there's about a ten percent chance that this would actually work. Amputation. W- Want to try out the odds, Josh? The amputation might. Just yeah. give me some sour patches and some. And some Jaeger, bro. I'll be good. That is a stupid <laughs> ass fucking story. All right, so this is an inside story joke thing. So we we're playing. It was D and D, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we had a D and D session. It was after we recorded too. It was yeah. So it was oh uh, yeah. I guess we recorded an episode, and then during that episode, my brother was fine. He was feeling a little sniffly, but he would. That's all it was, just a little snuffle. That's snuffle, it. Snuffle. So we recorded. Achi fucked off. I don't know what the hell you want to go do. And then we're playing. So, so then we're playing Dungeons and Dragons on the table. It's about a good six, seven of us. Literally, we start playing like 10 minutes later. My brother looks like shit. He looks like dick. He's <laughs> he's coughing. His eyes are red. He can't keep them open. He's Snot discolored. coming out of my fucking nose. He looks like he's an hour 12 after a bite, right? <laughs> so, but, you know, all we had was just like Sour Patch Kids and chips. And, they had, and at that time, we had two bottles of Jaeger here. So my brother's like, fuck it. He just said, fuck it. I'm just going to drink. So he's eating Sour Patch Kids, and he's drinking just from the, straight from the bottle. It was the bottle, right? Just mm-hmm. straight from the bottle. You finished the bottle? No, that- I mean, there was like a quarter left, but but still good amount. So he just kept drinking the Jaeger and eating the Sour Patch Kids. I'm not shitting you. 30 minutes later, it's like it never happened. He was fine. <laughs> His, the redness cleared up. I was he was good. He was good. He wasn't sniffly anymore. He was talking. His, he was a nasally. He was just talking good. We're like, what the fuck? There you go. Not, not going to lie. Jaeger, Jaeger is basically medicine. That shit yeah. tastes like fucking medicine. Like that like cough syrup. Like uh, uh. the first time I tried it, they're like, "Oh, it's so good." Tried it, the monster bomb, the freaking Jaeger bomb. Tried it. Uh. Not a fan, bro. Sorry, I'd rather drink a shot take of tequila. Him out, bro, take him out. Like, I'm taking. No, you don't even drink Come fucking on. Jaeger. Why you want to take me out first? Remember, he's the one that got bit. Yeah, you got bit. Why'd you get? Well, you give get me some up? Jaeger. Maybe that works. You don't know. There you go. That's the <laughs> remedy to zombie. <laughs> give the, give the zombie some Jaeger. Jaeger bro. Hey, hey, hangovers are cured. Goes out into a zombie. Who knows? Give the zombie some Jaeger. Well, let me get sponsored by Jaeger, bro. You know. So I should just finish describing how to spot a zombie. But there are, there may be an instance or instances when someone's walking towards you and they have some of these characteristics. There are some diseases that cause people or animals to act like zombies. Dead. Real. I'll kill them. I like, like zombies in real IRL. life. What? You know, whether it's some 28 days later fucking monkey serum. Or some mysterious black voodoo magic, Ooh. the cause for an actual zombie apocalypse may be a bit more complicated than just that. But preparing for a zombie apocalypse is more than just setting up camp with your machete, with your machete. It is also about keeping vigilant. So while keeping vigilant, here are five diseases that you should look out for that could be mistaken for a zombie virus. So that in case you come across one of these, you could lend a hand and don't just dome the person. You were just going to dome me. What the? But you actually got bit. That's true. Fuck. You got bit. So the first one is called the sleep. <laughs> we saw it happen. Bro. <laughs> I saw the we whole saw thing. Fucking A. 
Oh, shit. So the first one's called The Sleeping Sickness. So according to a BBC News article, BBC The Channel, you perverted assholes. No one was thinking accord, that. According to a BBC News article <laughs> like Hitler. published in 2005, <laughs> <Shut> up, <bitch>. <laughs> The <laughs> Sleeping Sickness is the stuff nightmares are made of. The sleeping sickness is prevalent in Africa and is caused by the parasite Trypanosoma brucei. What you call? And is and is transmitted by the tsetse fly. Here's Professor Sanjeev Krishna of the University of London explaining the progression of this disease. He goes on to say, <clears throat> "You're all fucked." <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. At first, it will cause headaches aching muscles and maybe itching but in the late stages when the parasites have invaded the brain the signs become more obvious and dun 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 ominous victims find it hard to concentrate they become irritable their speech is slurred and they stop eating their daily rhythm becomes disrupted to such an extent that they can't sleep at night and find it almost impossible to stay awake during the day. It even becomes very hard for them to do simple mental tasks, such as drawing a straight line. This... I can't even draw a straight line for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hold up. This is an infection that carries nightmarish qualities, reducing many of its victims to a zombie-like state before they go into a coma and die. So, if that didn't scare the shit out of you, this will. There are still no fucking vaccines on ways to prevent infection occurring once the fucking fly bites you in the dick. So if you get bitten <laughs> by that dick. fly. But only on the dick, right? Only on the dick. If you okay, get bitten by good. that fly, you're fucked. Jeez. You're fucked. It's a fly that bites you? Well, it's a parasite. Yeah. That carries. That's carried by the fly and oh, the fly ends up hitting. Okay, gotcha, fucking gotcha. you up. So. <laughs> Fuck. So even the available treatments, and I say treatments in quotation marks, they are less than perfect. Melars, uh, the the treatment there's there's a medicine called Melarsopro, is one of the few treatments available, but it's fifty years old and contains enough arsenic that it fucking kills one in twenty people treated. Whoa! About fifty to seventy thousand people die of the sleeping sickness every year. Although Krishna suspected that the estimate is that estimate is way too low. What? In Uganda, one in every three people is at risk of getting the disease, and some sixty million people remain under the constant threat. So that's one disease that you could that someone could have that you could that you can mistake in for a, for a zombie apocalypse. Here's another one. This one we're a little more familiar with. Rabies. So, there isn't a disease, be it mental or physiological, that makes people want to eat the shit out of each other. At least none is currently recognized by medical science. But there are culture-specific mental conditions, such as the Wendigo psychosis, which is observed in Native American culture. The Wendigo psychosis makes people think that they are turning into cannibals. But that's about it. They believe that they start turning into cannibals, so because they believe they turn into a cannibal, they're going to want to eat meat. But that doesn't necessarily mean 
that you're turning into, um, you know, a zombie. Still, rabies can, under certain conditions, approximate some of the conditions of the zombie lust for brains. So the rabies virus causes massive massive inflammation or swelling of the brain, and it's most often transmitted by bites from infected animals. About 55,000 people die annually from rabies. Almost all of these deaths occur in Asia and Africa. Although vaccines do exist, they have to be administered before the onset of symptoms if the patient is to survive. These fucking symptoms, man. Full. So so these are the symptoms. Full or partial paralysis. Mental impairment. Agitation and strange behavior. Mania and delirium. It'll take a perfect storm for the perfect mix of symptoms to be put together. Like an inability to think clearly or communicate, having difficulty walking and manic aggression for a rabies infected person to be confused for a zombie. But stranger things have happened. So it's got, it has to be kind of a perfect storm for the rabies to kind of confuse, to make someone confused, confused for this, you know, for a zombie. But it could happen. Number three is the fuck. This one's gross as shit. This one's called necrosis. Necro- necrosis. Necrosis isn't technically a disease, but rather a condition with a lot of possible causes. Cancer, poison, injury, and infection are all possible causes of necrosis, which is the premature, the premature death of cells. A patient suffering from necrosis is technically dead, or at least partially dead. They are still very much alive in all the important areas, the brain, the heart, and the rest of the vital organs. When someone has necrosis in the arm, their arm starts to die. And it looks like you're, it's still alive, but the arm is dead. The skin is dying. Everything they just look rotted. Well, it doesn't look rotted. It is rotted because it's rotten away. That's what necrosis is. So necrosis triggers a series of events that can lead to an even greater negative effect outside of the infected area. So the dead tissue stops sending signals to the nervous system, and the necrotic cells can release dangerous chemicals that hurt by that hurt nearby healthy cells. If the lysosome membrane inside the cell is damaged, enzymes can be released that can also harm surrounding cells. This chain reaction can cause the necrosis to spread. If it spreads to a large enough area, it then, be, it then becomes gangrene. And gangrene can be fatal. The only way to cure the condition is to throw the whole person away. You just say, fuck it and cut your losses. Just throw them all away. No, no, no. There is a cure for it. <laughs> the, fuck? the only way to cure is through a process known as debridement, which is simply removing the necrotic tissue. Uh-huh. If the dead area is too large... This may require amputation. The good thing about necrosis, it's not contagious. Meaning it's not the sort of thing that could spur a zombie outbreak. But a sudden wave of hyper-aggressive necrosis spreading spiders, that's a whole different story. What? Yeah. So someone with necrosis can't can't give nobody else necrosis? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there could be animals that carry necrosis as a disease and start biting people. And then that spreads it. So that could be kind of fucked oh, up. Oh, fucking A. But enough about what ifs. Let's talk about 
the maybes, all right? One of them is called the chronic wasting disease, or as they like to call it, the CWD. This is the picture I posted today on Instagram about the map. Yeah. So <laughs> shout out to uh, to Isaiah, which is one of the followers we have on our Instagram. Yeah, I, posted, the <laughs> I posted the picture, Isaiah, good luck, bro. I posted the picture, and he lives in Colorado, yeah. right? And that's where it mostly spreads the disease that I'm going to get into a little yeah. bit. And he commented on the picture. And he was like, dude, what the fuck? I live literally in the middle of Colorado. <laughs> and I just put R.I.P., bro. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah, you are our eyes and ears. If shit starts looking suspect over there, let us know. It's probably just already is on there. <laughs> right? So for those, of, for, for, the, for those of you that do not know what the chronic wasting disease is, the CWD is an illness caused by proteins known as prions. Prion is a term used to describe the mysterious infectious agent responsible for several neurodegenerative diseases and has been infecting deer since the 1950s when the first case was discovered in Colorado. CWD, a.k.a. zombie, is called the zombie, beard, zombie deer disease. That's what, the, that's, what the, that's what the disease is nicknamed. Comes from the fact that the infected animals, they lose weight, they have trouble walking, and just develop vacant stares. Making and them look and act undead. Okay. The CWD is similar to the mad cow disease. Which, for, the, for, the, for those of you that do not know what the mad cow disease is, it's something called the bovine spongiform encephalopathy, or BSC for short. It's called the mad cow disease because it affects a cow's nervous system, causing the cow to act strangely and lose control of its ability to do normal things such as walk. So the CW, it's similar to the mad cow disease in the way it causes the brains and the spinal cords of animals to waste away until the animal eventually just fucking dies. The zombie deer, I keep saying the zombie beer disease. The zombie deer disease well bearded, bro. has been discovered in deer, moose, and elk in 22 states and two Canadian provinces, which is what I posted up, which is the map of the 22 states. Rest in peace, Isaiah. It's no human cases of CWD have ever been reported, but researchers at a Canadian food inspection agency found that three out of five monkeys who are genetically similar to humans contracted the illness after eating contaminated venison. It's a deer, like eating. So if they oh. they eat like contaminated deer meat and or yeah. elk meat, yeah. you get infected. I had an elk burger one time. The CWD has a potential to infect. You better take him out before he takes you out. Why don't you take him out? He's trying to, he's trying to take you out. He told you. True. No, hold on. I was trying to save your ass. He's the one trying to take you out. Freaking minute one. I'm not trying to make you suffer. He's trying to let you live. Just die for 19 hours? We'll just amputate that arm, bro. Both y'all motherfuckers <laughs> out. The CWD has the potential to infect humans. These infected monkeys each spent a period of three years eating five kilograms of meat. That's equal That's equal to a human eating seven ounces of steak every month. Scientists are concerned that at some point, the prion may be able to infect humans. So watch out, Isaiah. After all, this is what happens to the mad cow disease. In the meantime, it's best to take appropriate precautions. This is especially true if you're a hunter 
or otherwise spend time around deer. So these are some few precautions for all you out there, Isaiah. Get all deer tested for CWD. Avoid deer that look that look or are like zombies in any way, obviously, that they're acting abnormally or are just dead. And do not handle or eat their meat. Properly dispose of deer meat. Always wear gloves when handling deer or deer meat. Avoid handling or cutting through the brains or spinal cords of deer. Don't eat the brain, the spinal cord, the eyes, the spleen, tonsils, or lymph nodes of any deers. Do not put any equipment used to handle or cut raw deer meat in your mouth at any time, you disgusting bastards. Don't touch, eat, juggle, or handle juggle? deer shit or urine. I don't know how you want. I want to see. I actually want to. I want to see somebody <laughs> juggle, juggle urine. Yeah, juggle piss. And that's fucking amazing. Contact your local Respect. health. Respect. Or wildlife department if you see deer behaving strangely. Dead for no clear reason counts as behaving strangely. So is that where the whole deer and headlights thing came up? No, deer and headlights just because I guess deers just fucking when they see a bright light they just freeze and just <laughs> He's like, fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you so yeah, so those are there there are a few more diseases that could take up the traits of a zombie. Mm. Like you know, they, you know, they could they could basically take up looking like a zombie. So if any of these look, if you, if you're out somewhere and somebody's acting like a zombie, please re- resort back to thinking about this episode and thinking like maybe he just has necrosis, maybe it's just rabies. Hell no, take him out. Jeez. Minute one, aim for the head, brains out, or just or just take out their kneecaps. If they scream out in pain, they're not zombies. <laughs> At least you didn't kill them. And it- they react At least in any way. That's true because zombies don't feel any pain unless they're turning in, unless they're like an hour four. But oh, if you okay. kill them, then you're catching the case and you're doing twenty to twenty five to life, depending no on where you live. Find out, and then you won't have to apologize. You'll be like, All right, fuck. Sorry, bro. Sorry. Well, you just found out about diseases. You just found out about characteristics. Basically, trying to book it, boys. Okay. So after much research, there's written three types of shelters. There are common places for avoiding the same fate as our homie Josh here. So now, one case is just being above ground. Finding a shelter with higher elevation is beneficial because you're able to see your surroundings clear through an aerial view. Again, zombies don't think, so they're not going to look up at a tower or building and think, hmm, I'm pretty sure there's humans posted up there. You know what? Let me go check it out. Imagine if zombies do start thinking. We're fucked. I, I would shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. I'm about to eat you. Oh, fuck, I'm done. You're walking down the, you're walking down the street. A zombie's walking. He's like, hey, neighbor. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so does he not know it's Halloween? Damn. So as long as you don't make yourself obvious, you're basically safe in the grips of the undead. So now, I found out some actual locations where you know they have to do with the, the place that i'm talking about and one of them that i found was in uh situate massachusetts and pardon me if i misspelled or mispronounced that it's the lawson tower over massachusetts and the lawson tower is this 153 foot stone tower uh water tower in that city in massachusetts the structure was originally erected as a basic water tower by a businessman thomas lawson in 1902 Lawson hired a European architect to build this behemoth to use as a water tower. 
but to also please his wife because she was kind of particular on how it looked in their backyard. The Lawson Tower stored water for the surrounding towns up until 1988. So now, here are some pros and here are some cons as to, you know, why this uh, structure is a really good place as a higher above ground uh, shelter. So the pro is being above the ground provides a huge tactical advantage. Advantage, and the Lawson Tower comes with a complete crow's nest and observation deck. While the water tank is currently empty, if you're able to haul up supply of water, you'd have a perfect place to store it. Now here's some cons. Downside to barricading in the tower? Well, there's no access to provisions and venturing out for food, and water leaves you to expose a possible danger. Also, if a large group of flesh eaters had you surrounded, you're pretty much toast. You're fucked. Pretty much toast. So we got above ground, now we got below ground. Bomb shelters are not only great for surviving from aerial missiles, but also as a shelter from possible zombie attacks. Most bomb shelters are deep underground and are highly secure with heavy-duty doors securing people from entering or leaving the premises. Since they are underground, not only does it make it harder for a zombie from spotting you, but also makes it terribly difficult for them to even smell you. Now, in Scotland, there's a location, their own, quote-unquote, directly secret bunker. Oh, nice. So straight up, just it is what it is. It's 100 feet below this a charming old farmhouse in Scotland, and it is a tunnel that leads up to 24,000 square foot bunker that was built to shelter top government officials in case of nuclear strike. Today, it's a Cold War museum that houses a collection of military missile uh, vehicles and a number of questionably accurate historical artifacts. Now, here's some pros and cons. Pros: the bunker still contains much of its original equipment. For example, the air filtering system, which miraculously still works to renew 1,500 cubic meters of air per minute. And something tells me that those vintage military vehicles could come in handy. Now, as for cons, for all the benefits subterranean hydrants offer, nuclear bunkers were designed to keep people in rather than keeping invaders out. If the the infection were to somehow able to penetrate the facility, survivors could become trapped underground with a rapidly Multiply mob of the undead. Dun, dun, dun. So we got above ground, we got below ground, now we got out in the sea. Complete isolation hundreds and thousands of feet away from land. Talk about the ultimate fortress. Of course, there's no way that zombies can possibly reach you. Remember, zombies in the eyes of Max Brooks are not significantly stronger than the typical humans. So if you're out in the middle of the ocean with strong currents, then those zombies are not going to get anywhere near you. One specific location that would be a perfect shelter would be Alcatraz. Alcatraz has served many purposes since Julian Workman, the island's first recorded owner, erected a lighthouse there in 1846. It was a base for the San Francisco arsenal during the Civil War, famously housed military and federal prisoners, and today is a popular tourist attraction. With its ample living space, high walls, and island geography, it's natural choice for a survivor stronghold during the zombie apocalypse. Another important feature, the, ni- the 1846 lighthouse still stands, providing a perfect elevated viewpoint of the entire island and any hungry zombies who might be paddling your way. So pros and cons. Pros. Well fortified, surrounded by water, with a famously, infam- infamously secure Fortress, 
Alcatraz comes equipped with a wide range of zombie defenses. Its proximity to, France, to San Francisco is just about 1.5 miles offshore, makes it convenient for rallying point for the surviving populace, but it's also uh, a liability. The island could easily be inundated or compromised. Cons. Theoretically, the island would be difficult to get into as it is to get out of, and if a zombie outbreak did occur on the island, you'd be trapped on Alcatraz with a bunch of flesh-eating undead, which sounds a lot like a plot to the scariest horror movie ever. Didn't... I mean, this is when I stopped watching The Walking Dead. I stopped watching when they were in the prison. But didn't The Walking Dead kind of prove the prison's ain't dick? Right? I mean, technically anywhere is dick. Anywhere you go. Because the biggest thing that I think that I got off of The Walking Dead, the more people, the worse shit got. Why? Because then that's a lot of people to keep track of. And in, ca- and in case one person gets bitten or, you know, infected, then you're kind of just fucked. Yeah, get, Technically, I, it was good against zombies, but once the governor he came in, led an attack, and then, yeah. yeah, that's oh, what happened. Two was against you. That's yeah. what fucked it up. Yeah, that's what, see, I but, stopped. But with zombies, they were good. Yeah, like, I stopped watching it mid yeah. that season. Like They were cultivating. They, they all, they yeah, that's, yeah, that's when I just yeah. gave up. I was like, yeah, I'm done. I haven't watched that shit since that season. Yeah, I yeah. stopped season season five, episode two. Yeah, I didn't even. Yeah. I'm, I made it to the last point of the prison when I think it wasn't the governor, but someone else came in. And they're like, you're coming with us or some shit? Put them in trailers or something like that? I don't even remember. I forgot. Anyways. Now, to finish off, decided to do a little tiny quiz for y'all. This is one I got straight from uh, the from Hopper.com. The best and worst places to survive the zombie apocalypse. So, in this list, it's comprised of, uh, what is it? Top five best places to survive in the U.S. or so best states to survive. And five best uh, most worst places to survive I'm always so losing. i'm gonna give you a couple states i want you to give me your top five of which states you believe are the best as far as surviving the zombie apocalypse i'm gonna go any five states are in middle america so let me give you a, a compromise well a mixed bunch of the five best and the five worst not in any particular order no no no, no. i want it in a particular order I got you. <laughs> so y'all ready? Fucking so here, here are the states. I want you to think about your top five from the states that I give you. Texas. Should I write it down? Texas is shitty. Hawaii. Ooh, in there. Delaware. Virginia. Fuck. Nebraska. See, I don't know where any of these states are in the map. New Jersey. I think New Jersey's thick. North Carolina. I'll choose North Carolina. Rhode Island. Orlando, thick by the coast. Georgia. I'll, choose, I'll fuck with Georgia. And California. So again, California. We got Texas. That's a shitty one for me. Hawaii. That's a good one. Delaware. Good one. Virginia. Nebraska. Both of those are good, I guess. Nebraska. New Jersey. Shitty. North Carolina. Good. Rhode Island. Shitty. Georgia, good, and California. I'm gonna say good because I live in California, and we ride or die for our state. Okay, yeah, you're dead. So I'm gonna give you first the five worst states to survive the zombie apocalypse. And they're all giving it. They're a, all they're all the East Coast ones. They're all giving a score. Okay, this is all the East Coast ones. Now let me give you 
number 50, which is the worst. Like, you do not want to be this guy. It's out of 100, okay? They gave this this state a 14.75. And first off, for, well, do you want to give me your list of the states that you think were the best? Me? Yeah. Uh, Delaware, okay. Hawaii, okay. North Carolina, Virginia, uh-huh. uh Georgia. Okay, so you got your five. Yeah. So what are yours? Georgia, Nebraska, Virginia, North Carolina, and Hawaii. Okay. Here's number 50. Glad you guys didn't pick any of this because the worst of the worst is Rhode Island, my friends. Yeah, because it's way the fuck. is East Coast? So, yep. uh-huh. And here it is. <laughs> Rhode <laughs> Island uh-huh. is a hands down the worst place to survive the zombie apocalypse. Which one? Why? Rhode Island. Why? Oh, okay. Its population density is high. There are no mountains, no guns, and really not much of anything else that would be useful there. Sorry, Rhode Island listeners. So here's some advice for Rhode Islanders. Get the fuck out of there. When the mysterious biting illness starts, Rod, motherfucker, rod. Not even. Just get the fuck out of there now because you guys' winters. You, how the fuck do you guys live in like winters that are like negative five? Like, like, get, like, get the fuck out of here. True. Like, I'm dying when it's like, four, like when it's like 50. So now the next day isn't much different. This one got a 16.75. I swear to God, if you say California, California, small states with no guns, no mountains, lots of people, (laughs) and farewell in a zombie apocalypse. That we know, and Delaware is no exception. So Delaware is number 49. Did I choose Delaware? I didn't choose Delaware because I forgot Delaware. Okay, Everyone forgets Delaware unless you live in Delaware. Here's number 48. Shooting, bro. What the fuck? New Jersey. New Jersey got a 27.5. Fuck. Yeah. New Jersey is the most densely populated state, and that, coupled with a lack of guns and mountains, means that it's one of the most difficult places to survive the societal breakdown. And that's not even taking into account the millions weather sucks. of zombie New Yorkers <laughs> who are sure to come flowing across the bridges, through the tunnels, in search of the next meal. Yeah. Okay. Next after that, number 47, goes to Nebraska. Nebraska's survivability score is 28. Nebraska does not score well on any category except population density. It's flat, which means that zombies can move faster, and and you won't see them because of the corn stalks. It's not only got a few gun stores, and there are just a couple of military bases to protect you. Now, this one fucked with me. We just talked about it. One got a score of 30. Out of 50. Yeah. This is number one of the top worst five. I'm going to stab you with a pair of scissors if you say California. This was Hawaii. What the yeah. fuck? What? At first glance, <laughs> Hawaii would seem like a great place to survive the zombie apocalypse. It's cut off from the rest of the United States. The weather's nice. And there's volcanoes in which, you know, to dispose of rotting zombie corpse. But. Hold up. What, why would you want to? Who's going to want to climb a volcano to throw away a body? I don't know. You want to stop it from spreading? You do, you know. You just throw it in one of the other islands. <laughs> Have like a zombie island. <laughs> but what if the zombie <laughs> virus does spread to infect the entire islands? Well, you're trapped on this small island with millions of zombies and basically no guns. Doesn't sound so parasitical, parasitical now, does it? Look. Actually, no, this isn't going to backfire with me. I said I've, I want to school... With a shitload of Samoans. And I'd rather have three Samoans, three of my homies, they used to, three of my homies who were Samoans, I'd rather have them, I'd rather, 
I have a better chance of surviving a zombie apocalypse with three with 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 Samoans than any other than like ten other people. Those three Samoans, but at the same time, you're gonna be fine. You, most of the zombies you're gonna be islanders. Mm-hmm. So imagine the fucking rock coming at you. Imagine the big show coming at you and the zombies. The big shows, right? Samoan? Right, because wasn't he related to the rock? Oh no, I'm thinking Rikishi. Oh, it was Rikishi. I'm thinking Rikishi. Oh, okay. My bad. So now. Going to the five best. Now, number five of the five best. California. Virginia. Oh, I said nice. Virginia. Nice. Virginia with a survivability of a score of 61. Virginia is pretty much uh, the middle of the road in the most categories, but it's a large number of hospitals, Walmarts, and military bases make it a great spot to seek shelter from zombies. And it's pretty close to Washington, D.C., which, you know, would be totally protected to the last man standing. Also, if the ZA goes down, like in World War Z, then the naval station Norwalk, Norfolk will certainly come in handy. And if you're in Virginia, you could just hang out with the guys from Guar and Lamb of God and just, you know, just jam Holiday. out. Holiday. Yeah. Not unless they turn to zombies. That's true. Coming into number four with a survivability score of 62 is North Carolina. Guns, military bases, hospitals, <laughs> and Walmarts. I don't know what the fuck is up with these Walmarts, but, I mean, they got everything. Hold up. So, oh, no, go, on. No, go on. So, North Carolina has them in spades. It also has several urban centers and high population density, but, again, guns. Perhaps the best place to hole up during the apocalypse is Asheville, North Carolina, which is the highest concentration of breweries in America. <laughs> Get lit, son. Now, of course, yours truly. Wait, hold on, hold on. What's up? How the fuck is North Carolina going to make it and not South Carolina? Question. Good. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Like, North Carolina's like, and go le- fuck yourself. Unless North Carolina has all these resources and South Carolina does not. Oh. Uh, maybe. All right. Maybe that's why. Well, then South Carolina should be up there because if you're going to shit, you just go up north and you just go to North Carolina. But the reason why there's so many Walmarts there is because white people like Walmart, like Mexican moms, like 99 cent stores. So is that why we have a lot of 99 cent stores? That's why we have so many 99 cent stores. And, uh, I mean, whatever. Yeah, I guess. So yours truly coming in at number three, that is California, with a score of 65. We're at number three? We should be number one always, forever. California has lots of things working against it. In and out. Oh, super <laughs> super <laughs> high population density and a ton of large cities. But apparently, the good outweighs the bad. And it's mountains, terrain, In an impressive out. number of gun stores, weather, Walmarts. <laughs> the weather. <laughs> good weather kills some zombies. And Yay. military base tipped the scale in its yeah, favor. One thing's for sure. The weather. Sierra Nevada area... And not Los Angeles is where you want to be. Yeah. Coming into number two with a score of 65 number two. points. What's 25. number two? So this would just be California by point twenty-five. Looks like the Walking Dead gang are lucky to be in Georgia as the state's low population density, large number of Walmarts, military bases and hospitals, and a high rate of gun ownership makes it a great place to ward off in the impending doom. Of course, the crazed groups of survivors trying to take your prison won't make matters any easier. Why the gang hasn't given any of the islands of coastal Georgia a chance yet, we don't know. And now that makes it to number one being Texas. 
That's the only thing Texas is good for. The survivors on my apocalypse. If you live in Texas, I'm sorry. States, I'm sorry. If you live in Texas, state. I'm sorry. Why? Because they live in fucking Texas. They got a score of 67, though. With a low population density, which is why houses are so cheap, and more federally licensed firearm dealers, hospitals, and Walmarts than any other state, Texas is an easy choice for the best place to survive the zombie apocalypse. It has more military bases than a handful of states, which will come in handy to protect your desert camp from zombie evasion, or even that, Fort Hood is lost and a places to salvage supplies. If you're really worried about the ZA, a scouting trip to Texas could be a good idea. Does your list take into account that Texas has the most tigers? There's more tigers in Texas than there are in the rest of the world oh, combined. Oh, that's true. That is, imagine, Zombie tigers. There's more tigers in Texas than in the rest of the world combined. I'm not trying to fuck with no zombie tigers. And if there are zombie tigers, are they going to run at the pace of, t- of regular tigers? Or are they no. going to... Correction. According to Max Brooks, their physical attributes Stay are the still same? the same. Fuck you. See? So however you are, as a, you know, IRL, not zombie, is how you're going to be IRL zombie mode. I'll see. So if I turn into a zombie, you guys are good. I ain't catching nobody. <laughs> that is true. But they do have stamina, though. Your strength is still the same, but they still have more stamina. All right, so I'm going to walk slow for a very long time. <laughs> Taking you out, bro. So, once you and your group have established a hideout, as Achi uh, mentioned earlier, and now just to be clear, a hideout that is well fortified to fend off zombie attackers, it is time to get familiar with what's around you. Now, usually a good hideout will be uh, what have a good distance away from a town, not too far nor too close. This will this will be ideal to make runs into town for supplies, but yet be far enough to stay away from hordes of zombies. So your hideout, your your base should be uh, somewhere away from a nearby town, but not too far. But not too close. Nor too not far. Not too close. This is too hot. This is too cold. This is just yes, 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 yes. Good. So in your nearby town. You need to know the location of two important buildings. Number one is a supermarket, and number two Walmart. is a hospital. Now, this is a kind of a risk, and I'm going to tell you why in a bit. Now, first, the supermarket, well, that provides essential supplies for survival. Hot Cheetos, monsters, water, pizza, food, beer, Bruh. And food, Bruh. and Hot Cheetos. Hot Cheetos. And rock stars. Oh, my gosh. Mm-mm-mm. And then here comes the number two building. A hospital will provide bandages and painkillers and other medical supplies. If you know how to use them. But, exactly. But, sure. YouTube, bro. Just fucking put it how in. Go on YouTube. How to amputate. Just, just, just on Google. Shit. Amputate arm. Do it. Do it. Amputate right arm diabetic right person. Will morphine help me? But the bad thing about hospitals is that well, when the zombie, pack, zombie apocalypse actually happens, hospitals are usually the Ground first zero. source of an outbreak during a zombie apocalypse. Potentially, thousands of zombies will be there. That's why if you are going to start a zombie apocalypse crew, survival crew, choose a veterinarian and not a doctor. 
why a veterinarian why not a doctor because they're more prepared for situations like this because veterinarians they are taught to use equipment to use things on the fly a lot of equipment a lot of medical equipment that they use is not meant for animals they're meant for humans so they know how to use things how to use you know how to navigate the way around not having things they're always prepared especially if they and they just don't deal like with talking ju- about like like fucking improv and shit yeah they know how to improvise with equipment yeah. Fucking medical MacGyvers. And they and they have to learn how to treat a bunch of different things on a certain day. On a certain day, they might treat a duck, a dog, a cat, and then a cow, depending on where you're at. It's, oh, when, yeah. when, when, when doctors, are just humans. So they know their way around anatomy and things of that nature. So choose a veterinarian over a doctor. And veterinarians usually have equipment in their cars because, like I said, they have to improvise a lot. Shit. So the doctor so, will just prescribe uh, shit for you? Yeah, so, the, so if you have a master's. If you're a doctor and you have you ain't worth a dick, and I'd rather choose a veterinarian. Compared to the eyes of a veterinarian, I mean that'd be your best bet. But if you don't have a veterinarian, just I, I, guess. I, I guess you get a doctor, <laughs> actual medical doctor. I guess. What hey, bro, fuck. You know, I didn't want you to my crew, but you know what? I got. I you got know what? I guess. I guess. I guess I'll choose you. I, I don't know. I'm still baffled. About what? A veterinarian? Yeah, I think I think I'll go for a medical. Do- I mean, what about what about a surgeon? Mm-hmm. Not surgeon, medical surgeon. I've seen scrubs. I don't know, dig except cutting <laughs> the people open. Oh, you're relating to scrubs, eh? Well, Matt, do you want Todd? Lucky, <laughs> 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 I want Todd, bro. You want? He's <laughs> gonna high five you every fucking five minutes. Oh, you want scrub? Hey, you're dying. Bah, high five. And then uh, just fuck, God, fuck, bro. I love when was scrubs. the last we watched Scrubs? It's been a while. Tonight we gotta watch it. <laughs> we gotta watch it. And uh, another uh, buildings to look for are. Obviously, uh, places where you can buy, uh, buy, where you can get weapons. All right, so your local gun shop, stuff like that. Uh, but what's more important, or as important as uh, knowing your surrounding, is what's called situational awareness. Is Are you like guys familiar the, with that? Is it like fight or flight? No, no situational, situational awareness is to be aware of where, <laughs> well, the situation. Of, of where hot Cheetos are situated. <laughs> Hot Cheetos. You really like Hot Cheetos, huh? And the zombie apocalypse? I'll fuck with Hot Cheetos. Hell no. Nah. Well, in general, the situation awareness consists of the uh, of certain factors. And these factors are as follows. Number one, learn to predict events. Think be, ahead. Be psychic. <laughs> Think ahead. Determine how it will affect future actions and events in the environment. So, in the zombie apocalypse, a great example is if you're going into town for supplies. So, you think ahead. You're like, all right, there might be a horde of zombies, I don't know, this location. So, just in case shit happens, I know where to go and how to operate. Yeah. So, for those of you that are aware where we, where we are at, a good example is, all right, let's say I want to go to El Super, the supermarket that's on Atlantic and Imperial, on the corner of Atlantic and Imperial, for those of you that are aware of where Linwood is. So, situation awareness is to know, all right, what if Atlantic and Imperial are both bombarded? How the fuck am I going to gather? Well, you hit through the little streets. You hit through Pine, you hit through Linden, and you cross Atlantic, and you go to wherever the fuck you're at, right? That's basically mm-hmm, just find mm-hmm. your ins and outs. Your ins and outs of your area. Number two, we have trust your feeling. Now, your body is able to, to, to detect stimulus before you are able to have some understanding of what's 
going on. So we all have those moments where you're walking around somewhere at night or some shit, and you just get these goosebumps. You're just like, oh, fuck. I got the shivers. That is usually a sign, an important sign and clue that things are not right, especially in the zombie apocalypse. So trust your gut, Moses. Go get those hot cheetos, bro. Well, he's dead. I know. I'm like, <laughs> like that's a bunch of zombies. I'll rescue for some baked hot cheetos. <laughs> baked hot cheetos. Right? Fuck it. Regular hot cheetos. Risk it all. Regular hot cheetos. Mm, I, I don't know, but baked hot cheetos in there, in there, or the kettle lays jalapenos. You fuck I, with those? I've never tasted the kettle lays. I don't really jalapeno. fuck with kettle. Oh, I know what the you're kettle. Those, yeah. oh, or the kettle fucking barbecue lays. Have you had those? Nah, I, Ooh, I, those I prefer, I prefer the jalapeno ones. I want to fuck with kettle chips because they taste. They feel fucking um, like they've been sitting out for a while. I love stale. that stale taste, bro. It's like Get crunchy. the fuck out of here. Ooh. See, this motherfucker's going to survive the zombie apocalypse because he don't give a fuck I about mean, taste. Ooh. I mean, we survived, uh, what, the Redwoods bro, trip? We went to Redwoods? Keto, keto uh, sea salt fucking chips? A big old bag oh, from that's right. You guys eat sea salt. Yeah, huh? you guys are surviving, you disgusting fucks. I'm going to starve. I'm, I'm a, for being a fat fuck, I'm a picky eater. <laughs> I'm a picky eater. <laughs> fucking egg. Now, moving on to number three, we have prevent fatigue. I can prevent. Dude, I'm good at preventing (laughs) fatigue. I just don't do shit. I don't do dick. That's how you prevent fatigue. Now, this is why. (laughs) Now, this is why it's very important to prevent fatigue. Now, being fatigued affects your ability to stay alert and ready. It hinders your, your your capability to watch for possible danger. And difficulties. And that's the last thing you want if you're in a group of people trying to survive a fucking zombie apocalypse. Yup, yup, yup. I'm looking at you, Moses. You think you'd be in my group in a zombie apocalypse? Oh. <laughs> Remember, he just got bit. Mm, that's why. You got bit already. You're out. I don't know what you're reading. Why are you going to bring this? <laughs> why, no, first of all, why me? Why me? We, we talked about this. You're closest to the doors. No, it's sense it makes no, perfect it sense okay zombie opens the door on, on your right who's he gonna look at first ain't gonna be moses because moses I'm, is gonna get covered by the door and i'm covered by the chair <laughs> I'm, I'm covered by the chair <laughs> zombie's gonna be like, oh fuck you know what? What? That's, that's, you. You. that's you that's you all right and if he comes in through the other door you're the closest one jimmy's over there he's standing for fuck he's he won't even see jimmy he's in the dark we in the light oh yeah. my god so i'm you're fucked just accept it. Moving on to number four. <laughs> we have monitor performance of others. Right? So being aware for changes in the performance of those around you is crucial. These changes can be caused by stress, work overload, and by mistakes. So so is it like, what's his name from Walking Dead? Is it Shane? Mm-hmm. Basically, Where right? Rick is... He's just like, hey, you got... Yeah, he's getting a little bit too hot. Yeah, like, cool. He's just like... Ah! How? <laughs> what is it? What is but that, that's a perfect. What example. is that phrase called? What did you say? What is number four? To monitor performance of others. That's, yeah. Why the fuck are you looking at me, Archie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm Hopefully. fucking dead, so it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, fuck. you should have monitored your fucking self. <laughs> well, I'm dead. Unless you give me some Jaeger, oh. sour patches. Oh, and a, and a well, cigarette. Well, what do you want to try out first? Stogie. What do you want to try out first? Do you want us to amputate your arm first, or do you want us to give you the... <laughs> give me the Jaeger. What the okay. fuck? That's stupid. Hey, so, if you got bit in the leg, 
leg. Would you, if you got bit on your dominant leg, or someone's like, there's a 30% chance that you could survive if we amputate it. Yeah. From the thigh down. From the thigh down? From the thigh down. Mid-thigh. I'm already dead. No, but let, let, let us hear from the thigh down. Okay. okay. Right? Would you say, no, let's say it's a high probability, there's a high probability that you will survive. Let's how say 80%. High, 80%. 80%? I'll take, take it. Take it off. Take You'll it take off. it? I'll take your it. Prom- your, I'll, your no, dominant no, no, leg. I'll yeah. take it only if I get a prosty. Bro, you Where can't, are you going to get, get a prostitute You too. How, how to build a prostitute. A prostitute. <laughs> how to build a prostitute. Hey, hey. Oh, shit. Hey, take your situation. Damn. Bro. Hey, man, people get lonely in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Fucking hey. So, oh, so oh. you take it? So you, I'll take it. You win? 80% chance? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll train my, my left leg. I'll make my left leg uh, my dominant shit, leg. Shit, if I don't make it through, fuck it. No, hell no. Some of my best features on my legs. If my legs are gone, take me out. I mean, you say you're taking yourself out anyway, so. That's true. That's true. That's right. Piece of shit. All right. Fair point. <laughs> I, this asshole? I mean, you did, Fucking but let's man. go. Where the fuck was I, dude? I don't know where I was. Number four. Number four, okay. You just finished number four. No, I still had something for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's important because this can, this can be between the success or failure in your survival. So don't have pieces of shit like so me. Don't and your have team. pieces of shits like Moses. All right. But there's more. Chill. Calm your tits. <laughs> Calm your tits. You ready to fucking move on to your segment? Huh? <laughs> Fuck you. My time to shine, motherfucker. Now we Tell mentioned. This is why I'm giving him his few hours. This is our, his mo- last moments. I'm already dead. So. What do you mean? It's only like barely. In your you, eyes, I'm dead. You haven't even reached hour one. I get bit like. Um, we just Where the fuck's the other deck card? Did yeah, you did. So, uh, as we mentioned earlier, most of our info and sources is from uh, the Zombie Survivor Guide, Complete Protection from the Living Dead by Max Brooks. Now, I actually bought the, what, the deck cards? The deck, the quick reference yeah, guide. Yeah, the quick reference guide of um, how to survive a zombie apocalypse. Now, he gave me some some good cards. If you come across these different terrains. And we'll post these up on our Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And our... Uh, what else do we have? We have Instagram? <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> we'll just post them up on our Instagram. Just Instagram? Just yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Do we have a Twitter? I don't fucking We do, Twitter. but... We do, I but... Yeah. I don't have a Twitter. I don't fucking no. Twitter. Yeah. I mean, we'll eventually get there. Have, fuck, yeah. yeah. I fuck with Twitter hard. I just... We just don't... You think, do you think people will follow us if we have a Snapchat? Maybe. I don't know yet. Yeah. I want to... First, you know, let's... Focus Try on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, let's say get at least five followers on Instagram first. We gained them followers. Alright, so go on. Gains. Here you go. So these are three <laughs> terrains that I'll be uh, reading off um the deck cards from Max Brooks. Number one, the first terrain is the urban terrain. So this is a, a scenario. It sounds a little racist. A urban <laughs> terrain. <laughs> wow. It's basically the city. Oh, oh yeah, I know. I'm just being a I'm just being a dighead. Yep. Yeah, but are. urban's yeah, that's but basically the city. Yeah. So these Slums. are two scenarios that you will come across. And the first one is if you're on the run. So areas of high population of density should be avoided at all costs like when LA. on the run. Like LA. If you must ignore all common sense and travel through through an urban area, the following rules will improve your chances of survival. 
Number one, know the area. A, my, uh, my, a map and guidebook are essential, but first-hand knowledge is the best. So just like we referenced City Linwood, mm-hmm. knowing your ins and outs of the city is key. I know my way. Yeah. I'm kind of confident. Yeah. Yeah. As a driver, you kind of have to learn the, the little streets, how to avoid fucking traffic. That's true. Fucking period. Especially at seven o'clock, dude. She's packed. As well, there's like eight schools on fucking Imperial. That's true. You go all the way down, and all the entrances to the freeways are in Imperial. Yeah. Alright, we're going. Proceed. You done? I think so. All right. So rule number two: uh, never use four-wheeled vehicles. Travel on foot or bicycle. You have the advantage of speed, stealth, and versatility. In this concrete maze. Number three, remain above ground. Traveling below ground ensures permanent darkness, amplified acoustics, and fewer places to run. Number four, watch for friendly fire. I'm looking at you, Moses. I don't trust your ass at all. It's don't fi- get bit. It's fire ain't <laughs> friendly, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fire on purpose. I see what you did there. Okay. <laughs> So for this, look for piles of dead bodies. They could mark the kill zone of a sniper from a nearby stronghold. Like, oh shit, there's a bunch of bunch of Oh, fuck. How? Oh. <laughs> um, did you guys ever listen to a, a, an audio drama show? But It's basically a podcast called We're Alive. No. No. What is that? It's old. So I think it's from like 2010. 2011, I, I think so. Is now, that considered old? I'm today. It's almost ten years ago. I can't believe that's almost ten years, ago, bro. <laughs> bro, bro the like year 2000 is eight. not ten years ago. Yeah. So yeah. So we're alive. It's that's one of my favorite shows of all time, and it's just an audio drama. It's, it's an audio. It's drama. an audio drama. It sounds stupid even? me talking about it, but it's the shit. What's and it called? It, it's called We're Alive. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on anything. That show is amazing. Well, it's about a zombie apocalypse, how to survive. It's, um, it's a group of people surviving a zombie apocalypse. And it's basically a show, but except you don't see it. You hear it. That's ah, imagination man. takes place. It's the shit. And I remember there's a scene of them cutting through. I think it's L.A. And they're cutting through a Jeep. And like there's a sniper kill zones. And there's like people... They're just trying. They're just zooming through, and like they get stuck, so they have to like run oh, between cars and no. shit. And that's just, I don't know. That's just reminded me of. But that show, please, it's old. It's still the shit. It's called We're Alive. I think they're like on their sixth re- reiteration of We're Alive because it's if it's We're Alive, it follows the, the original crew, and then the, we have We're Alive Lockdown, which follows people during the same zombie apocalypse, but are in prison. So they have like different shows like that. So they're, they're still airing that show. Yeah. Damn. So it's not the same group. It's just different. No. It, yeah. Each season, it's it, it's a different story with a different group of people. Oh, that's cool. It's the shit. It's the shit. And uh, right now they have a show on Alpha, which do you guys know what um, Geek and Sundry is? Uh huh. You know where we watch Critical Role and uh-huh. stuff like that. Alpha is a network that's by Geek and Sundry and the Nerdist, where you pay for it. It's a paid subscription. Mm. And on that show, they have the War Alive show. And they play a board game while they're telling the story. I got to jump on that. I keep forgetting to do it. But please check out We're Alive. If you guys know about it, please tell people how amazing it is. So they could jump on it. 
I've told a few people. I told my girlfriend. She's like, oh, okay, zombies in there. I showed it to her. She was hooked. She finished the whole thing. I told my buddy Lewis and his girlfriend. They loved it. Every, everybody I tell, like, check out We're Alive. Everyone's like, dude, holy shit. This show is the shit. It's amazing. So check that out. Fucking A. This audio is the shit. We're alive. So moving on to rule number five. Enter by dawn, leave by dusk. Never stop and rest within the city limits. The countryside in darkness is always safer than the city in broad daylight. It's safer, but scarier. So what is it? Safe? It's safer, but it's scary. It's scary. Yeah. Anything at night is scary. Yeah. Your little sounds. Ah! Low key. Yeah. Sure. High key. That's uh, what was it? For my anniversary with my girlfriend, we we're over at. Uh, it was basically. It's called Twenty One Palms. It's over in the desert, and at where we're staying because we got an Airbnb place. Where we're staying, it's like around a, a freaking gun range. Mm. We I, we didn't know that. But, like, at night, you just hear, we're like, oh, fuck. What the? I was like, oh, shit. And then we went inside. We're like, babe, what's what's all that sound? I'm like, oh, it's probably gun range. Because I, I remember passing by, like, oh, gun range is around this area. Uh-huh. Come on to it. It was uh-huh. fucking scary. And there was, like, a bunch of, like, coyotes just. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate I that like, shit. It's a bunch of sounds. And it was completely dark, bro. No lights, no nothing, just completely in the desert. And all you see is just like little bushes here. So you hear the sounds, but you don't see shit. Yeah, see, like I can't, like I can't do that. I need sirens. I need cars. Right? Zooming. The ghetto bird. The sound the of the ghetto, ghetto bird. bird is like. Oh, I need to hear burnouts. Uh, I need to hear people doing donuts. I need to hear <laughs> cars crashing. Yeah. People honking. Gunshots. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah like hearing like. I, it's like stuff that you're yeah. not used to. That'll be scary shit here. Like a fucking coyote. Like, what the fuck is that? But you hear a fucking 12 gauge outside your window. And you're like, oh, well, well. I mean, the person who got shot probably deserved it. It was probably banging on the wrong street. Gee. I fucking hate coyotes, dude. Uh, I forgot which exorcism movie. It's a modern one. With the coyote? Yeah, there. I think it was the exorcism. Where these coyotes drag fucking this one dude. Just fucking molly on him. Just take him aside. Fuck, I forgot the name of the movie. I think it is a... Movie. But ever since that fucking scene, dude, I'm like, I fucking hate coyotes. Fuck. Dude. Okay. crazy. I don't like it. So that was one of the scenarios of the terrain urban, and that's if you're on the run. The next one is if you're on the attack in an urban terrain. So urban combat Ooh. is the most difficult for a variety of reasons. It takes the longest amount of time because every building, every room, Every subway tunnel, every car, every sewer pipe, every nuke and cranny of this massive maze must be searched. Chances are, given the city's importance, your civilian group will be working side by side with government forces. If this is not the case, always think conservatively when it comes to team members, time, and resources. Cities have a way of swallowing them all what is, what's that one with uh, Will Smith? I the last am. no, I am legend. I am legend. I am legend. That's Fuck. a set. Have we tried watching that movie again? No. That CGI is so fucking horrible. Yeah, it's bad. It's trash. It's, it's trash. so horrible. The, the zombies are trash. Trash. But it's a scary ass movie. But Fuck imagine yeah. like just being the only person, the only fucking person. 
And then you had your own dog, and then your dog is fucked. And that's it, GG. They oh. started hunting him down, huh? Because he killed one of the... Well, because there's only one. No, 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 no. Yeah, but he killed one of the zombies' kids or some shit. We were, yeah, I don't think there's some shit, and uh, then they started... They weren't zombies. They were vampires. No. Yeah, that's because he couldn't go out during the daylight. Well, is that considered a vampire just because you can't come in? I remember daylight? it was a vampire movie. I remember because it was like a vampire thing. Like, it was like one of the most most modern influential vampire movies. And it said it was I Am Legend. I Am Legend? Oh, yeah, I thought it was some... A little zombie. I mean, technically or... they're undead, so... I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you call it. Yeah. But anyways. I mean, I guess I'll give it Z- to you. Zombie vampire hybrids? Oh. Jeez. Oh, fuck that. Well, so, well, then just the regular vampire then, because they're already dead. The legs <laughs> response. They got that bluish tint, though. Though. What kind of response is that? <laughs> I, I went what by the fall. Go on. You know, you continue. Know, you know what they remind me of? What was the vampire movie that we recently saw? What we doing? No. What we doing? The shadows? Yeah. There we go. We doing the shadows. I'm with, with, the with, shit. The fucking, what was it? The old guy? The, the oldest vampire? Movie? Peter. Peter. Fucking Peter. The, the bunch like they look like a bunch of Peters. Yeah. So the second terrain is the swamp. Beware of the swamp thing. Oh, my gosh. If you're on the run, if possible, avoid wetlands altogether. The noise of splashing through water prevents any chance of stealth. Soft mud will impede your advance, especially with a heavy pack. If necessary, wade through only the shallowest water. Watch for ripples or any subsurface motion. A zombie might have sunk through the soft mud and be trapped just below the waterline. How scary is that? Continuing, look for tracks and animal carcasses. As in the forest, listen to the wildlife. Hundreds of different animal and bird species live in this ecosystem. And and only the threat of large predators would be enough to silence them. If you find yourself in the middle of a swamp and suddenly hear absolutely nothing... You will know the undead are close. <laughs> and last but not least, we have the terrain of a forest. Run, forest, run! I may not be as smart. And if you're on the run in the forest, the density of many high trees enhances concealment. Animal noises or lack, or lack thereof can provide warning of approaching danger. Soft earth will serve to muffle your footsteps. Occasional sources of natural food, such as nuts, berries, fish, and so forth, will supplement and extend your packed rations. Sleeping in the branches of a large tree may permit may permit you a safe night's rest. One irritating disadvantage comes from the canopy above. If you hear a helicopter overhead, you will not be able to signal it quickly. Even if the crew does spot you, they need a large clearing to land. This may be frustrating as you hear, but unable to see possible salvation flying right above your head. And these are the three terrains of... How many terrains? Did, it was about ten. Yeah. yeah, we have a good amount. It's, it's yeah, a good there's, amount. The, there's plains, fields, hills, hills, the tundra, desert, you know, yeah. things of that nature. So, so these are just three out of that much. Um, again, if you want to uh, have more intake on these different terrains and these pro tips of Max Brook, 
And you should read The Zombies Survival Guide to Complete Protection from the Living Dead by Max Brooks. Yeah, it's a cool little deck. And, th- and these cards are probably, what, like three by twos? Yeah. You know, like they're pretty big and stuff. So, you know, it's kind of cool. What do you guys know about the permafrost? Nothing. You know what it sounds like? Winter's coming. Basically. For, so, oh, shit. I see that coming. For those of you that do not know, the permafrost is a landlocked ocean in Mediterranean Sea. Surrounding it sit great land masses like Europe, Asia, and North America, and the Shiller Islands. Among the largest of the islands are is um, Valbard, which is just north of Norway, and so dense with polar bears that everyone who strays beyond its sole settlement, they must carry a rifle. Every winter, a sheet of ice blossoms over the Arctic Sea, and the soils and the soil and the soil seizes shut with frost. Then, during the long summer days, the ice breaks up, and the permafrost partially thaws. Lately, as summers have lengthened and winters have warmed, this seasonal transformation has lost its symmetry. What bi- what biologists call the permafrost active layer, the part of the dirt where microbes and other forms of life can live, now reaches farther underground and further north, and it has than it has for tens of thousands of years. So basically, it's the basically the northern part of the world that's just covered in fucking ice, just thick ice. And the thing that's scary about the permafrost is what's being kept frozen underneath all this fucking ice. We've never had a problem with it because like I just read a little bit. Like I just read it's been frozen for it during the winter, snow goes over the permafrost and during the summer, that snow starts to um it starts to what do you call it? It starts to thaw. Yeah. So we never had a problem with the existing permafrost, the ice that's already there, to melt until recently due to the climate change. Summers are starting to last a little longer and winters are starting to last a little shorter. So there's a lot of shit that's being exposed. And this article that I'm and there's this article is called The Zombie Diseases of Climate Change and it's written by Robinson Meyer. The article he talks about him visiting the actual permafrost. He's actually visiting Greenland and things up north. And um, the thing that's so he talks like it is like it's a dope ass article. Please go read it. I'm gonna post it up on our show notes. And he talks about shit that they have found in the permafrost. Like for example, yeah, it's this. I printed it's a, a fucking 14 page article. Hijole. It's 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 the shit, and it's fucking scary. What? Wait, what we could, what they're finding underneath it. Like, there's this, no, there's this, like, for example, there's this deer that was thawed out from this permafrost. Uh-huh. And this deer, this sole deer, this deer by itself, had so many diseases that it had an advanced form of a- anthrax. Uh-huh. Oh, fuck. That it, that it got a shitload of people sick, just this one deer, and it killed the child. There's so much shit that we don't know about what's underneath the permafrost that as it's thawing, it's gonna, we're going to get fucked, right? And that's what this article is. This article scared the shit out of me. Uh-huh. Fucking Myers scared the living shit out of me. And in the article, he talks about the microbes and shit like that that they find. That they, you know, the dangers of this permafrost, fuck, about what's hidden underneath the permafrost. And they're saying if a zombie apocalypse might happen, it, something from the permafrost might have it activated. Because we're finding these huge diseases, these huge viruses that have been 
dormant, not dead, dormant for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Like they find that like they're pulling water out of the permafrost with seeds and shit. They plant the seeds and the shit grows. Nothing's dying. It's just keeping it's just kept frozen. So they're saying, what if there's these pathogens that are being locked away that our ancestors might have not gotten affected by it because they've gotten used to it. They built an immune system. But that's thousands and thousands of years ago. And what if some shit releases and we're not immune to it? And he talks about how a zombie apocalypse might spread without us knowing. And he talks about, and there's a doctor he talks about where he's the head of the green uh, of this island. I think it's Greenland where he talks about. Where everything is so separated, everything is so like everything's at a distance. So if he wants to go from one town to another, it's a three-hour chopper ride. And then once there, he has to take boats to get Hold to on, these three little three-hour chopper ride. That's the only way to get to these certain areas. Oh, and then you have to take boats and like go off track to get to these little villages. Yeah. And they say that in the article, it says that ten to fifteen percent of Greenland's medical budget is just spent on transportation. So. Damn. It just it's just scary how a bunch of shit could happen. And he talks about how in the perm there's a part in the perm that like in the permafrost there was a fire that went out, a fire that just went that just started out of nowhere out of nowhere, Damn. and they couldn't put it out. They couldn't put it out. The only reason it got put out is because it started to rain. So, oh. so so that gives an example of of shit where it's like, dude, we're we're prepared to fight fires, but when it's not to our advantage, sometimes we can't even stop it. Imagine trying to fight something we don't know. Imagine Shit. trying to fight a pathogen, this disease that comes, you know, that comes out, and we're not prepared for it. Yeah, it's gonna eviscerate the shit. Out. It's gonna eviscerate, you know, the human population. And he talks about like certain scenarios. How there's so many. Mo- there's because that top of the north is has so much shit that that has abundant of resources, whether yeah. it's gas and mines and coal and all this shit. That hasn't been touched for years and years and years. And because the permafrost is starting to thaw out, we're starting to get access that we never had before. And he talks about how in Mexico they opened this this cave that hadn't been opened for 11,000 years. And when they opened it, they had a bunch of these weird diseases. How many years? 11,000. 11,000. And that's just the cave. So shit was able to die and come back to life and die and just live there. Imagine shit that never died, which is in the permafrost. So they're saying, imagine, imagine we go into this cave to mine shit. Someone gets affected, but it's kind of like a sleeper cell. Someone goes, they're going to mine all this shit. They get sick. They go transport to somewhere else. And then that disease starts spreading. So that disease that we don't, that we do not know how to fight. Now we have to fight it into different fronts. We have to fight it here and over here and over there. And we don't know what the fuck is going on. And that's how this shit is going to spread. And he breaks it down. Beautifully, that has scared the living shit out of me. And I'm going to post it on the show notes. Robinson's Mayors, the zombie diseases of climate change. He has a Twitter. He has all that shit. So hit him up and tell him to go, to go fuck himself because he scared the shit out of me. Ah. You don't think about shit like that. You know, when you're thinking about zombie apocalypse, you're thinking like, oh, a nuclear war or some mad scientist is going to start a serum that's going to hit a monkey. You don't ever think about shit that's been locked away for thousands of years that's just going to thaw know. out. You know what it reminds you of? The thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it's just... Fuck that one. Yeah, and it's just... It's not... Like, this article is the shit. Like, I'll... Please go read it again. I'll post it on our show notes. It's called The Zombie Diseases of Climate Change. What lurks in the Arctic's thawing permafrost? You show it to the freaking President Trump. 
<laughs> Denier. And it, again, it's by Robinson Mayer. So shout out to Robinson for scaring the shit out of me. This is a really good article. I fucking I printed it out just because I was going to use it for the show notes. So like, nah, I'd rather not summarize it. Like, I had a plan to summarize a bunch of shit. I'm like, yeah. I'd rather just give you the, just the incentives to go out and read it. Yeah. He talks about how these two scientists, how they're in the forefront of pathogens, like like looking at like viruses and shit like that, yeah. and how they found uh, how they found huge viruses in like permafrost conditions where you could see with a microscope. Like, you just put it under a microscope, but these fuckers are huge. Imagine shit that could kill us. Like, most of these things are not, they can't attack, like, they're not for humans. Like, we can't contract them. But what if there's one that we can and we haven't just discovered it yet? Or it's sleeping somewhere. Because in the article, he talks about how we don't know how Neanderthals went extinct. Like, at one point, there was, like, different, there was different humans living on Earth. It was the Homo sapiens and Neanderthals and, you know, different versions of humans. We don't know how most of them went extinct. What if the home, what if Neanderthals went extinct due to some pathogen that's locked away in the permafrost? And the Homo sapiens, us, we managed to outlive it because we were immune to it. But because we haven't had to deal with it for so long, that immune our, that immunity went away, and then it just gets unlocked and goes into the air. We're fucked. Or or we get superpowers. Eh? That's I mean. Eh? Eh? Evolution? Eh? <laughs> okay. But yeah, again, zombie You're diseases. Dead. Say something. You're Don't dead. just look at me like that. Fuck. Change. I feel You're like dead. a jackass. Fuck. You're dead. Or I'm Superman. Okay. We'll, we'll test you out, bro. Bro, take me to the permafrost, bro. <laughs> take me there, bro. I'm become Superman. I'm going to whoop your ass. <laughs> so that is part one of our Surviving a Zombie Apocalypse Guide. Right now, we talked about how to spot a zombie. We talked about the outbreak and certain detection methods. We talked about diseases that you should look out for that are not zombies diseases, but are just regular diseases. My brother talked about different, you know, um, planes and terrains, how the ins and outs of certain things, how to plan from it. And hopefully, you guys, please go read that John, that Robinson Mayer article of the zombie diseases of climate change. It's a 10-minute read. That please go do yourself a favor and scare the shit out of yourself. It's interesting as shit. And it was just published last year. It was published like six months ago. Oh. So it's recent, which is which is even the scarier part. Oh, it's not like scary. a 2013 article where you're just like, oh, it's been five years. Yeah, shit we, must have changed. Good, yeah. Nah, it's been like shit. fucking five months. Hurry up, Josh. Go get your superpowers. Don't trip, bro. You're going to be hating when I get these Situational awareness. Go get your superpowers. Oh, my gosh. I will kill you. I will end you. (laughs) So, again, so for this episode, we'd like to give a shout-out to Max Brooks, the amazing Max Brooks for the Zombie Survival Guide, the Zombie Survival Guide deck, and Charlie Ogden's Surviving a Zombie Apocalypse book. He actually has a Surviving the Impossible series where he gives you different books for surviving different things. Like how to survive an alien invasion, a robot revolution, the Yellowstone supervolcano, how to survive in a world without power, how to su- survive in a killer virus. He has different books, and these it's it's a thin it's a picture book. It's a little bit of info, but it's a fun as read. Talking about living in a world without power. What was that show called? It was an old show. Which one? Um, where the world was based like a big ass EMP happened. Oh yeah, that uh, show. Revolution. That shit lasted like half a season. Yeah, but it was. But why though? It was pretty cool. Which which what is it called? Revolution? Yeah, where like one day just the, like one day the world just had no power. Yeah. Oh. 
Tip fucking uh, what's his face? The dude from um, Breaking Bad, Los Pollos Hermanos. Oh his? yeah. Yeah, he was one of the main. Yeah. But okay. So do you guys have anything to add before we end episode one? Not really. You gave out most of the. If you think Josh should go first. Oh my god! Please hit us with the like. <laughs> and again if you guys uh, thank you guys for listening for giving us a chance for listening to us mumble and doing a bunch of shit talking out of our asses for most of our episode and join us next week when we talk about weapons and other things for surviving the zombie apocalypse and as always thank you very much and we are the weird history it retails podcast Brains. boom uh.